Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we are here in dreary, dreary Minneapolis trying to relive the Luft experience <laughs> in our head. The afterglow of Luft. The afterglow. One of uh Jerry Horton, actually, one of our one of our friends, and uh he was on the podcast recently, sent me a message. He's like, Hey man, do you ever have post-show depression? <laughs> yeah, I and suppose. It's, and it's true, you kind of have like this hangover of you know, the anticipation and the right. and the trip out there and then you're there and you're doing it and then it's over. Right. And it's over with. So we're here for you guys. If you're having <laughs> post-luftical depression, we're here from you. you can we're giving it. you we're giving you a digital hug right now. Oh, that was there nice. it was. That Did was you nice. feel it? Did all you right. feel it? It was all warm and fuzzy. So anyway, so we want to talk a little bit about Luft. Yeah, so, where to start? Um well, we talked a little bit about the history of Luft with Patrick Long, so I don't think we need to get into that. If nope. you want to listen to that, go back and listen to the episode and the interview that we did with him. But I was really, I didn't really know what to expect. Because I didn't either. As a guy that's planned a lot of car shows and been to a lot of car shows, you're always kind of like, okay, what's this going to be like? You know, you go, I've been to, I've been to a lot of car shows too. I've been to Sowo right. and H2O and Waterfest, which are three enormous shows back to the fifties is one of the biggest car shows in the country here in Minnesota. Right. So you never quite know what to expect, but they're all kind of the same in a way okay. you, you go, you have your vendors here, you have your cars parked here. They're by genre, by whatever. And it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of the same cookie cutter formula, no matter what you do. Now, when you look at the photos from Luft last year, um, which is when I, started really looking at the photos. Right. I of think what was that's going what on. caught a lot of people's attention. Right. It's because the the format was so unique. Sure. There's no awards. Nope. They don't do any trophies or anything like that. It's kind of just what would be called a show and shine. Yeah. Was, is kind of the genre sure. of the show. If you were to apply a, a genre to it, it's just come, show up, your car is there, hang out. Right. That's the genre that it is. And last year they did the the lumber the lumber yard. The lumber yard, which was really, really, really cool unique. Venue. And you would think in your head uh, and I, as a guy that lost our venue a couple of times, mm -hmm. it was always a struggle to find a new venue that was cool. Yeah. And you're always just like, no, I can't do that. I can't do this. The permitting this. You can't go here. You can't do that. There's too much traffic. There's nowhere for spectators to park. It's an absolute shit show trying to plan a show. It's very difficult. It's very right. hard. So on the exterior, you see like, wow, the show is great. It's put together really well. But when you get down into it, you have to think of all the permitting and the volunteers logistics. and the logistics. It's extremely difficult. And I just want everyone to know, Lift the Cult was the best event I have ever been to of any kind in any format, cars or otherwise. Wow. And from what I know of what it takes to plan a show, That's it impressive. was monumentally good. It was so good in terms of organization yeah the bad part mm -hmm. and i'll get it out of the way fast is that it was so short and it was so compressed i mean you go and i didn't i didn't have a chance to look at anything I didn't, and that's part of the product I, of being yeah. you know podcast and me or whatever it's i don't get i have i spend most of my time talking to people waiting to talk to people whatever but even so if i was a spectator there was the volume of people was so high and it was what six hours, probably. Yeah. I don't think it was a short show. For me, I didn't get to see what I wanted to see. Well, I think I could you have used, no one to blame but yourself for that. To be honest, that's true. 
but I just I felt like the whole weekend for me was compressed for yeah, was, for the way that I hyped it up in my mind of what I wanted to do and see and everything yeah. else. So that I mean that's that's a product of success. That's not really a bad thing. <laughs> right. You know, that's like saying a woman is just too beautiful for her own good. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> but it's yeah, she's too beautiful. You know, you can't talk to her anymore because yeah. she just thinks you're some goon. So it's just kind of the same. Is this from personal experience then? Or? Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day. I don't know what my wife is doing. She's just. Uh, so, yeah, one thing you talk about how awesome the organization was and the location. So when I heard that it was at the Studio City Backlots. I, I didn't thought, really know what that was. I, I didn't either. But I knew it was all the old sets and that was kind of cool. And I thought, oh, well, that's just a cool location. What I didn't realize in the true genius of this, I think, is when you're planning a show nowadays it's all about the photos right right that's what lives on after the show is the instagram little snaps everywhere yeah and what's so cool about this location every single photo looked like a different place in the world yeah right? well you, you saw got, some like, it was like the pueblos of mexico the wild west you know you got like downtown manhattan there it looks like gotham yeah basically. exactly yeah and then, of course, the old iconic clock tower from Back to the Future's right there in the square. Right. And so I, I didn't realize it, but it's so cool how unique every single shot was just because of the settings. Right. And that I mean, that does help it live in infamy forever. Right. I right. mean, it, these photos will live on. And I mean, my Instagram has been that. And it's, right. what is what? What's the day today? It's the. Yeah, it's the 19th. 19th. So. It was 10, 10 days ago, 10 right. or 11 days ago. Yep. And it's still just like churning away just churning and churning away yeah. um, which is unbelievable in terms of shelf life of social media and what people are willing to tolerate True. and they get fatigued seeing it's still there and i don't necessarily have any fatigue from it yet because i didn't even get to walk around right you I, um, yeah you're seeing photos and you're going wait did i see that did i walk right by that because the that's the other are, thing no. <laughs> you didn't yeah the other thing though is there are so many cool unique cars there that you kind of don't even notice. You'll walk right by a 911R. Yeah, well, you get kind of desensitized exactly. to things like that. And another thing with the show is that it's not it's not laid out like a grid, right? right. So it's it's a, basically a, it's Studio City. You have it to is, explore, you which have was to explore. really cool. Yeah, it was great. You walk around, there's all these little niches and archways and cars tucked away in like a 935 in its own alleyway and right. all you, these different... It's a very un unique look. Yeah, there were some cars that were literally hidden in alleys, and you just kind of walk by and go, oh my goodness, there's no one by this car. What is this? It's right here. Right. And that was very cool to see. So and what was your favorite car of the entire That is such show? a hard question. I've been trying to think about this the whole time. So the 917, of course, was very cool to see in person. That was the Gulf livery yeah. 917. There was very unique. The now, barn. This is your first real event of being able to see a lot of these types of cars, exactly. right? So you haven't been to Rensport and no, Car Week and no. stuff like and that. It, you know, and I was thinking it's funny when you have the one of these. The closest you've been must be Road America Vintage. Exactly. Okay, yes. which is. And when you have one of these cars and you're into Porsche, you start noticing all the little unique details that many people wouldn't and you start realizing why some cars are special. So it was really cool that 917. Some guy brought out a literally a barn find fresh 356. Now, what was how did he was looking for this car trying to so buy it? I, I read briefly about the story. It's like him and his son live somewhere and they knew about this old woman who had a 356 sitting in her barn or it was in a container, like a storage container for like 50 years and kept like telling her, hey, you should sell that. You should sell that. And it sounds like right before Luft she agreed to sell it. And so he basically brought it from the container with like inches of dust on it and right. just put it right there in the show. Aren't you tired of the barn find thing? No, because I haven't seen it. I haven't, I mean, 
No, it's I think just it's cool. So I mean, the story. I've never is, seen it, one like with that much dust on it, straight from. It's like, the same sitting. story over and over again. There's a car. It's covered in dust. Little old lady. It's the same thing every time. Yeah. Well, I thought it was cool, and it made for cool photos as well. It did. Yeah, you took a really good photo of that car. It was yeah. kind of neat. Thank you. So That's that was, th- like I'm so proud that that actually <laughs> was a cool photo. Um. So. What about you? What stood out for you that you saw? So there's three cars that stood out for me. Oh, really? Okay. The first one, and my favorite car at the show, yeah. is mine. Because, and this is, it sounds like, oh, being able to drive the car there and yeah. the experiences that that car has given me, that car is my favorite car in the world. There is no car that I would choose to drive over that one. Wow. Assuming I can't sell it, right? Obviously, if someone gave me a Kona Segagera and they said you could sell it for a million dollars, then right. you could okay. sell it. I, I could just, you know, but in the in the world of you have to keep and drive a car, that there's no other car there that I'd rather have than mine. But are you ever gonna get sick of this car? I'm so surprised because this is so anti you. Like you, every other car you own, you own it for like a year and then sell it. I don't know. It's this just, car you've had for how many years? Seven years. Seven years, and. I'm just kind of surprised by that, actually, now that I think about it. Why? I don't know. I love it. You tire of every other car you've owned. I'm still married to my wife. You, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was two other cars that I really like. Okay. One is the Adam Corolla 935. Yeah, the Hawaiian Tropic car. It's not fair to say Adam Corolla 935. No, it's the Paul it's Adam Newman. Adam Corolla's 935, yes. which is, you know the Dick Barber racing yes. uh, car that Paul Newman drove. Right. Um, it's not really fair to say it's the Paul Newman car either because that car lived so many different lives. Sure. You know, across the years. And I mean, it it had so many different variations. It was called the old war horse. Yeah. You know, because it it's the it's amount of miles through. that car has raced and the amount of liveries. It's also the Apple car, as some yep. people may know. And there's a bunch of other liveries too. Did you know that there was also a yellow um, Hawaiian traffic car? Uh, no, I guess I, I think did. there was also a there's they took three cars and raced th- maybe even four cars. It seems so strange that a sunscreen company would spend that much on sponsorship for racing. I don't know, man. Things were different back then. I don't think it was ex- as expensive. I didn't put it together until today. There was like a little thing of suntan lotion on our like counter and it was Hawaiian Tropic. I was like, Hawaiian Tropic. Oh, yeah, that's like you don't re- realize it's completely it's just all- Hawaiian Tropic. I've called them. They have no clue. They don't really? really they don't really know anything about the car. They don't really have any photos. They don't really because I call them to ask permission to, you know, use some photos that, you know, the original. I think the guy's name was Ron or something. The original okay. owner of Hawaiian Tropic that got that deal done. Sure. And you just no one really knows anything. They're disconnected from that completely, yeah. which is kind of which is kind of sad. But there were other cars. And just in terms of sponsorship, I, I probably told this story before, but I'll just tell it again because who cares? Um, so on the tail and on the on the roof, it says Fouquet's on, okay. on the car. There's have I told this story to you? I all? don't remember. Okay, it. so it says Fouquet's on it. And what Fouquet's was was a restaurant. Okay, in in by Le Mans. It was Fouquet's oh, restaurant. Oh, cool. And um, the owner was friends with Paul Newman. Okay, so he called up Dick Barber and said, "Hey, why don't you guys come down for dinner or whatever?" So they go down there for dinner. Dick Barber goes there. Yep. And uh, the the owner of Fouquet's <laughs> said, "Hey, come with me. Come with me." 
and he goes into the bathroom and this is you know in the bathrooms back in the day they had a woman that would stand there and hand you a towel the attendant the attendant would hand you a towel it's a nice restaurant or whatever he pulls him into the bathroom stall shuts the door and gives him a bag full of money and says (laughs) please put foquettes on your car which there's no reason it needed to be like this under the table deal with cash well i I guess i don't know but probably (laughs) not right probably not i remember hearing this story and yeah so they walk out of the bathroom and the guy that used to have the bag doesn't have the bag anymore and now dick has the bag and the woman must have been wow that was one expensive blowjob it's kind of what i'm imagining what i would think if that was what was going on there oh, but man. although she probably knew it was the owner of the restaurant so that's yeah. probably but it's just it's just this weird stuff so then there you go full cats is on the car yeah, right now and it's, it's cool still knowing there. That history. Yeah. So that and plus my own personal relationship with shooting that car for Panorama. Yep. And I've talked to Adam Carolla a bunch of times about the car. And, you know, he's got a photo of the car that I took hanging in his office. And I took a photo um, while I was there that he really likes the car. So there's going to be two photos that he has uh, hanging up in his office. And I That's just I have cool. like this kind of personal attachment with that car. Yeah. Plus, I really it's a, it's a freaking 935 that did really well at Le Mans. It yeah. was driven by Paul Newman. Cool car too, right? Very cool. Great car. stories, and I and I know a lot of other stories surrounding that car. Sure. So in my head, that it's really special in that way. Also, you may have noticed if you were there, a little red three fifty six. Yes, I forgot about this. That was parked in an alley. It was on a storyline yep. display. So I figured out what the storyline display was. Was the cars were parked alone. Oh, so you had regular cars that were parked all over the place, and then you had storyline display cars that were gotcha. by themselves in a special spot. Gotcha. So this car was a storyline car. Yeah. And the owner came up and talked to me because it might be a we might do a triple zero feature about this car. Okay. And Pete was like, hey, you got to talk to this guy. And he came and found me and said, hey, if you want, come talk to me about this car. I said, yeah, I'd love to. So I walked walked across the program with him and he started, he's like, hey, this is the car. I'm like, oh, just at first glance, it's just a red 356. Right. right? There's nothing meritous about it beyond in context, right? In yeah. context to what it is. So he says, I want to show you something. He pulls out this book and the guy that originally owned the car Mm -hmm. bought it. He was a military guy, bought it in Germany, picked it up at the factory, got in it, drove it around Germany and then drove it around what would have been Soviet Russia in 1960, 61 for quite some time. And what's really interesting is he had the Soviets in order to allow him to do this. Mm -hmm. He had an escort. Okay. A Soviet escort is this little old lady <laughs> that rode around with him everywhere just to make sure that he didn't do anything stupid or reveal state secrets or who that's knows so what. That's so odd. But the coolest part is, is they have a book okay. that's got like 150 slide color slides. Oh, because he took photos of, of the all trips of, of the factory. And I don't even think Porsche has color slides of the factory from this time. Oh, wow. So the photography is really, really unique, really special. And knowing the history and the story behind that car, where it's been, and then the guy drove it till he died. Daily drove the car until he died, like in his 80s or something like that. Doesn't it? It still had military plates on it, too. It did. It had, yeah, U.S. Special Forces plates on it, which was was really, really neat. So that car, knowing that story, knowing that that guy got in that car and then drove it around Soviet Russia is awesome. And I, and yeah, I, just I wonder that. why, if you just wanted to see. I think you have to remember that in the 60s, Russia was kind of a superpower. The Cold War was in right. full swing. It must have been kind of an enigma back then. True. You know, there wasn't a lot of photos of it. You know, you, nobody really knew anything about Russia. Yeah. It's not like you could hop on www.whatisrussialike.com <laughs> and find out about it. So you, you, you just went. So I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go explore. I'm going to discover what it's like. And he did. And so that in, in that way of exploration and the way he did it, I, I really, really enjoy that car. I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how to attack the story. How do I write that story? Do I try to write it as he would have written it? Do I try and, um, I don't know how you tell that story cause I can't talk to him. He's gone. Right. So do I, do I, I who, you'll have to figure out who else is close to him that might've known the story as he told well, it. Well, yeah, I know the new out of the cart knows the story, okay. but the, there's more, you can't write a story. If someone just tells you the story, it's a five minute story yeah, or a five, 10 minute story. So writing three or 4,000 words about that is impossible. So do I write about, um, I write about a little bit of what maybe what Porsche was doing. Cause there was no Porsches in Russia. He would go to a town I, I'm imagining and everybody was like in their shitty hot metal cars or didn't they didn't even have cars they're still riding around on horses yeah I don't know because they're waiting for 40 years is there, <laughs> there there's a joke I wonder if I can tell this joke right I'm gonna try if not I'm gonna edit this out of the podcast so a guy goes into a Russian car dealership okay and he wants a car so he signs up he signs up to buy a car and the guy says sounds great your car will be delivered in 20 years okay and the guy goes great in the morning or in the evening he's like why does it matter and he goes because the plumber's coming in the morning <laughs> 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 so they, there's no way they had Porsches back then, right? In, yeah. in Russia, they just didn't exist. So everybody's like, oh, what is this You know, crazy vehicle? So I think there's some ways to tell the story. Maybe I'll talk to, um, maybe I'll t- find somebody from Russia that can talk about the car culture there a little bit. Talk to somebody from Porsche that can explain, you know, some of the photos, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on there. So there's, there's probably some interesting ways to tell the story about that car. And maybe I can try and... Uh, look at the photos and and maybe interview someone that know, knew the guy and I can maybe find out more about him and try and invent a way that he would have experienced something and try and get in his head a little bit and see if I can figure something you out. You could go to Russia in a 356. That's probably not in the budget. <laughs> I would, you know, I asked the owner right away. I said, are you, he has the map of the route. Oh, said, wow. I'm like, let's go. You and I, let's go do this. <laughs> and it's right up my alley. Let's go drive the route he did in his car. And I saw the gears turning in his head a little bit. And he's like, I do want to do that. So it's probably not going to happen, but it would be amazing. Yes, it would. So those were your three favorite cars. It was also cool. There was a um, a 1973, it was Tangerine Orange, uh, Carrera, or not Carrera, it was just a, a 73 RS. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was kind of cool because it's my color. Right. It's still the long hood. It's kind of like this is the epitome of what my car is or could be. And so a lot of it, too, is just aspirational looking at a lot of these really well done street cars. That's one of the nicest thing about about Porsche is it is aspirational. Sure. When you look at when I look at Adam Carolla's 935, if you look close enough, my car is in there. Oh, yeah. My car Same is in tail there. lights. I yeah, mean, the shell is there. It's almost like a, a, a childhood a, a kid dreaming about what his dad is, even though his dad is just like a regular dude, but in his head, he's like this big muscular can do everything. Right. But his dad is in there somewhere anyway. Yeah. It's like this, this aspirational, even the nine seventeen. it's my car. There's things in there somewhere. Sure. Whereas with a Ford Mustang or a Chevy, whatever they're there, but I don't know. It's just not. There's no. Yeah, I guess. I mean, other than like a Shelby Mustang, there's no super high end variant. And, you know, I got into this argument with one of our listeners on over over Instagram or whatever, and he drives a Kia. Okay. And 
we got into this argument or he says he sent me a picture of a livery that was on a 911 he said oh i you know i don't really like 911s but this livery makes me like them okay i'm like have you ever driven one a yeah. portion he's like not really and then he got on my case because he was trying to get me to drive his kia because okay. he really likes his kia he says it's the most like a mark one that he's ever driven Oh, okay sure and so he started harping on it. he was like oh well to experience a porsche you need to drive one huh because i did i declined to drive his kia because i just right. i just don't i don't care <laughs> right i just i'm not interested it doesn't interest me i've driven kias before it's a rental car right they're just yeah. not and i'm i mean the stinger is cool the kia soul which is what this is yep. I, is is pretty cool they look cool they're mm -hmm. a unique vehicle the hamster comes with everyone yeah hamster comes with everyone but at the same time i'm just the it's not it's not there so he was trying to equate well you know, he's trying to equate Kia and Porsche in the way of, well, why should I drive your Porsche if you're not going to drive my Kia? And I was thinking to myself, there's more to just the car here. And that's what I'm talking about, about the aspirational thing of of everything that goes with Porsche other than the car. Yeah. And that's stuff that no other manufacturer has. And it's one of the reasons why I think people are really drawn to Porsche in the first place. And one of the reasons why this event is so huge is you do have this aspirational aspect to all this is of when you own one, mm -hmm. there's no matter, unless you're Jerry Seinfeld who brought a 934, unless you're Jerry Seinfeld, there's so is much that more orange car. What? You said he brought a 934, he, an orange 934. Yeah. It was, that was with I the gold wheels. Yeah. I didn't know that was his, as far as I know, that's, that was his. And, but there's so much more to Porsche than the metal. And that's what I said. I'm like, there's more to this than the metal. Sure. When you drive and you own and you're part of this, there's much more to it than that. And it sounds so douchey. Yeah, but, you're pretty snooty over there. But it's true. No one would walk up to a Kia and my car and choose to drive the Kia. Well, you don't even have to say that. All you have to say is there's no Kia-specific car show as big as any one of these Porsche shows. But why? I, a lot of it has to do with the history with what the brand stands for, it's, as well as the cars. It's more than the metal, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no, you're so right. much more to it than that. You're right. Anyways, but that's why that DNA and all that stuff, it all ties together. Yeah. You know, all those cars that you see at that show, every single one of those cars, all those air-cooled cars, all are related to each other in a way, and their design and their development and their evolution. Right. Obviously, when the water-cooled stuff came out, you know, they took a hard turn. And I'm not saying those cars aren't cool, and I'm not saying the DNA isn't there. Yeah. But not in the same way that all the air-cooled stuff is together, the way it's all a family. So I'm going to tease a history story that I'm going to get into that you probably don't know of. It's unfortunately or fortunately Porsche-specific, but it is part of Porsche's DNA that has basically influenced every other auto manufacturer out there. And you will not know this story. I stumbled upon it. Okay. It's well, going to be I'm interesting. I'm for it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's so, my, that's my, but here's the thing. That's why Luftekult is what it is. Okay. Obviously where it is is important because I mean, you've got, when we were there, we visited three different Porsche places and yeah. you've got Rod Emery's there and you know, every, everybody's there. It's the Mecca, right? It's the Mecca yeah. that everybody in the world prays to for Porsches is well, Los Angeles. I mean, Stuttgart is also probably up there. There is nowhere near as many Porsches, air-cooled Porsches driving around Stuttgart as there is Los Angeles. Not a chance. True. The old timers, as they're called yeah. in in Europe, it's just not it's not there. Los Angeles is I would almost argue that Los Angeles is car mecca. It is, but it's interesting. 
that's partially just because there's so many people there that there is. I don't think there's more per capita car people in Los Angeles than there are anywhere else. Yes, there is. You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Driving around, though, it's not like you see all these cool cars or people that enjoy the cars. I don't know. When I was driving around, there's always there's M3s, S4s, all that type of stuff driving around here. eh, Just don't see that much, I think, because of the weather. Yeah. And because it's almost like a snowball culture there with cars where it's, you know, becomes such a thing to be into cars there. It's it's kind of the capital of the world for cars, I think. Yeah. And there's also kind of the whole anti that's what's ironic. That's what's ironic about it. True. You know what I mean? We were pulling up to the really our pretty high end Airbnb there, and like the guy across the street was just glaring at you. This oh. old car that's loud and makes all this noise. Well, and, it doesn't help that I had a burnout up the driveway because well, it was like a forty <laughs> degree the incline, steepest driveway I've ever Jesus. seen in my life. Scrape my bumper on the way out. Yeah, and, not ideal. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting the culture there. So you know, you have a note here about the momentum. Okay, so the Porsche kind of phenomenon as it is. This event, it was unbelievable, right? I mean, there were so many people and so many cars. And then you look at pictures of the parking lot, and it's just it's it's, just as cool, right? It's like its It's own car show, right there. Yellows and blues and oranges and browns and tans and whites and blacks and silvers and reds and all these different colors. And it just there's so many people and so many cars. I don't. How long can this momentum with Porsche continue? How long? Because you keep the values have steadied out a little bit, right? Okay. But how long can this momentum go on for? What? Just because you're at saying, some point, are people just going to get fatigued with? Um, I know there's there's people that aren't Porsche people that I know that are BMW people that are just like, oh my god, just stop. You know, they don't like it. They're just tired of it. But more and more people keep getting in the boat. Yeah. Right. They just keep getting Uh-oh. in the boat. Yes. And it's just, which is f- <laughs> fine. You know, in a way it's okay. I can't, you know, for, for an instance, I was thinking to myself, I don't want any more people to like this stuff. It's too much. But at the same time, why should I harbor that only for myself? If I enjoy it so much, why should I keep that to myself when other people can enjoy? Well, selfishly, well? it also increases the value of your car. The more people want it. I don't care. I'm never going to sell it anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All, all right. It actually screws me over because all the parts become more expensive. <laughs> true. It doesn't help me at all. It doesn't help me at all. Very true. So it's interesting. How long can this momentum continue before people are just thinking to themselves? Wow. Maybe I think I it'll, just, it'll just go back to before the whole huge air-cooled bubble. It'll just be like, yeah, that's a cool Porsche thing. I don't know, man. It just won't be so like, I don't know, mainstream, social media, everything's Porsche everywhere. It is absolutely insane right now. Yeah. And I just, at the level that this event was, next year will be bigger. Yeah, and it I don't almost know, has to be. I don't know how Patrick Long, I don't know how you do it. I, I don't, don't know, know where how you go you, from here. Because that's the other thing we didn't really talk about. So if you're not at the show, you don't realize how big this plot was. It was a huge show. It was expansive. How many cars do you think were there? 350 cars? 400 cars? I think it was more than that. Think so? Oh, yeah. Because you go down to the bottom lot and all of the 914s there. Five or 600 cars. It must have been. Judging by... We had 400 cars at our show, Euroworks. And it was was much more than that. Much more, I would say. What I also didn't anticipate... So because the tickets, even the pedestrian tickets, sold out so quickly... I thought it was going to be like a really small kind of intimate show. I didn't realize how many people were going to be there. Yeah, it was the state fair. It was like a people. state fair. Yeah, <laughs> just people everywhere. Yeah. 
where you like i don't like people touching me very much so it's you know you walk <laughs> a lot of people coming up and touching you no just like <laughs> there's so many people that you're you're kind of brushing up against people yeah no you. you definitely do i don't like that <laughs> yeah well i mean it's, it's crowds in general yeah but it was it was awesome seeing all the people we got to meet a lot of people came oh, we up met and so many fans from the podcast said hey we love you guys that was so encouraging it was it's it's so surreal to like i went up to a guy in line and i was like hey what's what's going on here he goes hey jake yeah so this is such and such and i was like wow like people you guys listen and yeah, that means so much that's we, so cool we, here's the way i look at it is we see the numbers yeah this episode actually last episode will hit over a hundred thousand downloads right right so we have the stats we can see the numbers we can go yes that many downloads that many people but it's but putting a face to the people and getting yeah. to talk to you guys was it was awesome it was amazing and it was just it felt so good and i felt like i was being hugged by all of you guys <laughs> and it was and it was really really, You're really special. huggy today apparently. i am i'm happy i'm yeah. happy it's it's yucky outside you so know I'm speaking kinda... of putting uh faces to the stats we we joked that like oh there's one listener in australia because you can break it down by country and region there's, there's right. more than that yeah. but you know there's not many in australia and then we we meet one of the listeners from australia that flew in just for luft yeah he told me i was gonna die if i decided to drive across australia nobody Which, said it's a good idea which i think is just more kind of uh spiteful encouragement for you right yes absolutely <laughs> i really want to do it so it was an awesome show i think what we're going to end on it was just so much cooler seeing all the people involved yeah it really was a show of the of people and yeah. making friends and building relationships and the cars like i like i always say without the people these cars are they're just machines that sit there yeah they're just dead metal you know so it's it's the people that use them and create memories with them. And, you know, there's there's a reason, you know, Paul Newman, 935, Adam Kroll's 935 is cool. It's because it's where it's been, what it's right, done, it's what it's stories. accomplished. It's the stories. And every single car there has stories. Has stories. For sure. And seeing that and, and reading about some of those stories is what makes it special. And the fact that we all can have a common thread and and uh, beyond, I think I've said this before, beyond race, beyond culture, beyond creed, beyond sexuality, beyond everything, beyond all of that. It's nice to have a common thread between humanity that is is positive, that we can all get together and have something to enjoy that is completely and utterly positive. You know, in today's society, there's so much negativity going around that I think the car culture is is an amazing way to just overlook all of it and just enjoy something with other people. Well, I agree with that. There are a lot of people that don't like cars, Chris. Yeah, but they're inhuman scabs, <laughs> so we don't we don't like those people. So, anyway. do you want to talk a little bit about after Luft? Yeah, sure. So you, so I flew out right away Sunday morning again. I got because back you home. didn't want to drive with back with me. Nope. Which, <laughs> is it because you knew that I was going to kind of just go home? I took the freeway well, all the way. When I left the morning, I left. You still didn't know what you were going to do. I thought about leaving the car there, right? But then I had. Uh, FOMO of my car. Yeah. Yeah. I was just oh, was the idea of not having my car around. And I would have driven mine and you would have been like, oh, but I could have mine right now. I know. And, and it would have been we, we only get five or six months to drive out of the year. And that's generous. So the idea of not having my car, I was going to maybe leave it out here for car week. Sure. And come back out and drive it. Then I'm, uh, I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, that's another two months without my car. And then I've only got. Oh, no. And then I've only got it, not, not not a good idea. Right. So I ended up driving it home i you also I, toyed with the idea of like transporting home and flying home or right which is almost cheaper right based on what the gas prices are and some of them because 450 a gallon in uh in where i when i filled up when i left wow dollars 
$2.50. It's $2.89 here. Wow. I filled up today premium. $2.80, $2.89, in California. But anyways, you did end up just booking at home, I driving did, home. I did just book at home. I did a lot of stops and took some detours and, and sure. stuff like that. So I, you know, I explored Santa Monica. I was going to stay with uh, with my friend Mike Burroughs. Okay, yep. And then Jesse, I talked to her and I'm and I, it was Mother's Day. I just decided for Mother's Day, I'm going to come home. Yeah. So that was her gift for Mother's Day was I, w- I went home. And so I drove till late, late, late in the night on whatever day it was. Who, who cares? Drove late, late on that. On, it must have been Sunday, Mother's Day. Yeah. So super late, one o'clock in the morning, around 12. And that's across uh, Arizona into New Mexico. So I drove all of California, all of Arizona, and a little bit of New Mexico. And at 1230 at night, I got pulled over. Oh, geez. Now, we, we forgot to mention so, in the oh, other yeah, we episode. Totally, there was a couple of things we forgot to mention, actually. What a couple. I can only think of one. What about the airport? Oh, yeah. We did forgot about the airport. <laughs> you know what? You want to hear about the airport? Ask us in person. Yeah. I'm not going to go relive. <laughs> but you did get pulled over in Colorado. I did for going 84 and a 65. Got a ticket. The guy was a jerk. Eh. He was nice, but it was a jerk move because it went 75, 65, 75. Right. In, in 100 yards, 200 yard. I right. went and looked it up on Google Maps. Oh, it's, really? It's a speed trap spot. Oh, yeah. I'm what sure. A, like, what a jerk. Um, anyway, so I, I was surprised by how actually cheap that ticket was, though. 170 bucks for 19 I it was going to be, yeah, like $300. And yeah. you were even sitting in the car. You're like, well, I just don't need to come back to Colorado and I won't pay it. Yeah, that's, that's basically <laughs> Yeah, that's basically it. So I got pulled over again. I'm like, I wasn't speeding. You know, yeah. speed limit 75. I was going 80. Okay. You know, come on. What's going right. on here? He's like, the reason I stopped you is you do not have license plate lights illuminating your license plate. Oh, geez. I'm Which like, I'm is just, funny because I gave you shit about that before. It's fine. Who cares? Uh, seven years I haven't had license plate lights. I'm not going to wire up license plate lights. Who, how much are license plate lights? 80 bucks a piece for the stupid little lens for I just bought them because I put them on my extra deck lid. <laughs> how much are they? I don't remember. It's not that expensive. It's like 35 per and I just made my So 70 bucks for something I'm never going to do it. Not going to do it. So I'm sitting there waiting for o- Officer Picky to... Um, <laughs> To write me a ticket for no license plate lights. Okay. He comes running up. He's like, sorry, man. I'm going to give you a warning. I got to go to another call. Gets in his car. Boom, gone. And he just like, like sped away. Sweet. I, I, okay. Sounds great. So then I ended up staying in Gallup, New Mexico. Okay. Um, and it was actually a really nice drive. So this is I-15 to basically around Las Vegas. And you take I-40 across the southern half, uh, southern part of the United States. Okay. Which effectively follows Route 66. Oh, so, sure. So the entire way it says historic Route 66, Route 66, Route 66 here, you know, just constant Route okay. 66 stuff nonstop. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's it's right next to you the whole time. OK, so I actually got off and I drove part of Route 66. Yeah. And it is destroyed. Oh, it is. I mean, it's not pothole, but it is very, very uneven. Yeah. So I actually made a mistake getting off. And couldn't get back on. I got off to drive on this gravel road that I sure. saw and take some photos. Okay. And then I couldn't get back on there. So then I just had to take Route, route 66. 66 for 20 miles or 30 miles or whatever just, it was. Gah, 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 gah. Yeah, it was more just, you know, compression, you know, just constant. The springs are or the, yeah. the torsion bars are getting compressed. And, you know, you're kind of I was going 75 on this two lane road, just flying. Yeah. You know, I could see the freeway right next to me and I'm keeping pace with traffic <laughs> as I go. So I, there's this one truck driver that just kept looking over at me as I was driving. Actually, just kept looking over at this little blue Porsche just like flying down Route 66. And I went, stopped at a gas station that the highest octane it had was 86, Oof. which uh, I was like, well, my gas light's on, but I am not putting that in my car. You didn't. I did not. 
So I kind of looked you at my should, math. You should keep some octane booster. I do have some. Okay. But I don't like it because it follows the plugs. Yeah. It doesn't. It's Yeah, I, it's not the same as just. It's not the same. And every time I run it and I pull my plugs, they're orange. They get coated in this huh, film. What that is. So I do have it in case of emergency. Right. But I wasn't far enough away from another gas station that I needed the, to use This it. didn't constitute an emergency. No. Well, my gas light comes on with about four four, mi- four gallons left. Sure. Okay. Which is 80 miles. Yeah. So there's, it's not a big deal. The freeway's right there. So I hopped back on the freeway, went and got gas. But I... Um, I ended up stopping at the Chrysler Proving Grounds. I saw Proving Grounds Road. Okay. And so I stopped at the Chrysler Proving Grounds and went, there it is. And then turned around and got it back oh, on the Oh, okay. Nothing yeah, really to see? Or? No, nothing, nothing really, really to see. So okay. um, just did some just did some photography and stuff like that. It didn't, didn't feel really super inspired about anything. It was a nice drive. I really enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed as far as interstates go. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. So, um. I got pulled over again <laughs> in Oklahoma, and the guy gets he's, his name is Officer Sheet. Okay, he's like, "All right, Officer Sheet, what's up?" He's like, "Can you get out of the car and go back to my car with me?" I just, well, "Why? What's going on here?" So I get out, go back in his car. I'm at the back door, like trying to open it over and over again. He's, okay, he's like, "Get in the front." I'm like, "Oh, this sounds much better." It's <laughs> like you can't sit in the back. It's that's where all my hardware is. And I turn around and look. And there's an AR-15, like a yeah. da- like a really nice one, like Daniel Defense, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really. I think these guys um, uh, buy their own weapons. Yeah. I think I a, see the majority that. of them do and build, build their own rifles. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, well, I need to look you up. So he looked me up and looks up my insurance and stuff like that. I sit in the car for 10 minutes while he looks me up. He's like, all right, you need to show me where the VIN number is on your car. What do you mean? He's like, I need to make sure it's not stolen. We get a lot of stolen cars through here. I'm in the Oklahoma panhandle. That okay. little thing. I'd just driven through Texas. By the way, I drove through Texas. Didn't expect that. So yeah. anyway, I'm in the panhandle of Oklahoma pullover. So we get out. And I say, this is the VIN number, blah, blah, blah. We just wasted 40 minutes. Wow. 40 minutes of my time. And I, I was super pleasant. He asked yeah. about the car. He was really interested what, where, where I'd been, the story, blah, blah, blah. Just asking obvious cop questions. Where have you been? What are you doing? Yeah. Tell me about the car. It's obviously not stolen. So he's like, all right, well, drive safe. Well, oh, he told me the reason we're stopping everybody here is we have a lot of stolen cars coming through this area. I, uh, my my uh, one of the other officers just the other day shot and killed a guy that had stolen a car, and I'm just like, <laughs> please don't shoot, please and kill don't me. shoot me. <laughs> the guy had uh, he had a stolen car that he drove back from California, and uh, was it a white Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, I don't remember what he said it was, but a cop was like running plates as he drove along. Yeah. And uh, the car was parked. So we waited for the guy to come back to the car. As soon as he got back to the car, he got out of the car, went to approach the guy. And the guy tried to run him over. Oh, geez. So he just shot and killed him. Well, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's assault with a deadly weapon, right? Yes, it is. It's 100% that. So that guy's dead, which is one less stain on on, on human society. So um, at this point, I'm getting pretty, I'm getting pretty tired. You know, yeah, I'm I just, I'm, this is two basically 15 Oklahoma. hour days. Oh, I stopped in Hooker, Oklahoma. Hooker, Oklahoma. Yeah, I randomly went through Hooker, Oklahoma, which is located in the red carpet of Oklahoma. What's the red carpet? That's the panhandle, I guess. Oh, they call it the red carpet? The red carpet, Oklahoma. I you, did not know you, that. I didn't either. Okay. So I, I go into this gift shop of Hooker, Oklahoma, which is also the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <Yep. laughs> which I'm almost, I hate to ask, what is their top commerce in Hooker? Uh, it is t-shirts basically. Um, also their, their, uh, their baseball team is called the horny bulldogs, the hooker horny bulldogs. And I asked the lady, I'm like, so does every hooker in Oklahoma have a red carpet? Yeah. And she looked at me like she just didn't understand what I meant. I always say I'm, you you know, the the carpet, carpet match the drapes. 
Nope. You don't know what the, does no, the carbon? No, I do, but she didn't. She didn't. No. And yeah. I'm like, I don't understand. You work in the Hooker, Oklahoma shop. You should get every lewd joke ever made. Yeah. She didn't understand. But I bought a, a, a shirt for my wife, which on the front says Hooker, Oklahoma. On the back, it says a location, not a vocation. <laughs> <laughs> See, how can she not get the joke then if she if sells she, humorous well, T-shirts? When I left, she goes, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Oh, geez. You know, drive Heck. safe. So I think she was kind of, you know very religious which i guess she probably wouldn't get the the lewdness of the joke then um anyway i, I drove through uh i stayed with uh, uh, a location what? not a vocation i like that yeah, it was pretty good i bought two of them one for my wife one for my for my buddy who's once he saw I the picture i'm like to say your daughter <laughs> <laughs> i would have if they had <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right man. continue um, <laughs> so i went to wichita was one stopping place there and it's yep. right at wichita well right past there anyway so i stayed with john hansen um uh, a friend of mine and yep. one of our one of our listeners and uh after that he, i mean he's very gracious i let him drive the car he really enjoyed it yeah he's just i could just see and anybody that drives that car i can just see him look at it and i can see the gears turning in their head of how do i get one of these <laughs> <laughs> because it's a really sensory experience the first time you it drive is. that car and uh i left a big burnout mark in the road that he drives every day to work so, he'll, so he can think about me every Perfect. time he goes to work after that's flint hills Okay. Which is, it's kind of like the Nebraska sand hills, okay. but the bedrock is at the surface. So there's only grass. And it, you know the old Microsoft wallpaper where yeah. it's the green yeah. with the blue? That's exactly what it looks like. For, oh, really? For as far as the eye can see. Flint Hills, I think of like jagged flint rock nope, coming there's, out. Well, there's a little bit of that, but not much. Okay. And I've always wanted to take the back roads through the Flint Hills. Okay. And I didn't. <laughs> Because at that point, I wanted to get home. Yeah. I just wanted to I be home. Well, how and, far are the Flint Hills? Like nine hours. Okay. Eight or nine hours. I don't want, I don't think it's worth a drive all the way there to go just do, to it. do it. No. So I'm sure at some point, because there's like a scenic byway that you take through there. Oh. And I'd like to go do it at the right time. I want to go do it at sunrise or sunset yeah. and really make it special. And I was there at noon or, right. or whatever time I was there. It was bright daylight. So it's not, not worth okay. the effort to to get there but i really it's more nothing and i for some reason the whole nothing thing really resonates with me i don't know yeah, why you like but solitude and i don't like other people that we've much. established that yeah i don't really like I, I mean i like other people i mean luckily people like listening to you otherwise this wouldn't work out this would work out and i like meeting everybody <laughs> so don't be as don't hesitate to come up to me it's not gonna be like ah, i don't like Just people apparently don't brush him on the shoulder he doesn't like that yeah. <laughs> that's fine too you can you can touch me all you want it's all good well you're giving hugs out here it's true yeah well these are digital hugs okay i did get some hugs out at Luft. it was really nice yeah, it was right. you guys are awesome i cannot impress upon yeah, you enough really how awesome cool. the, the the fan base was at Luft. it was really really special i I got, damn it! I meant to bring this, and I'll what? and I'll read it next week. I got a a letter from somebody wrote me a letter. That's right. And I will and I will bring that in, one of these days and read it to you guys. And it it I cried when I read it in my whole in the Airbnb that night. Just not yeah. like not like oh my god, you know, just not, just you know, it just made your eyes water. You know, like there was onions in the room or something. There's there's been a few onions on this trip. I think it's this. I don't know if people understand how much this stuff matters to me yeah. I, I don't know you probably do now after doing it with me oh yeah you probably you probably get it but i mean that's it after that it was just yeah. the, the flying home and and <laughs> jesus i was at a gas station and i'm i was getting lunch so it was probably around one and this okay. is my last day on the way home i go in to buy subway mm -hmm. yeah i want this that or their thing go to take my check card swipe it declined oh 
shit. Right? I'm like, what's going on? I look up my bank account. It's negative seventeen dollars. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> no! Maybe that's why the car wash thing. Maybe it kept going and screwed me over. There you go. But it's just, it's just everything goes through. I whatever. So then I go. I'm like, all right, let's go use my credit card. Declined. So I was like, screwed. I'm like, well, I don't have any way to get home. I have no money. I'm here. And I'm like seven hours from home. I don't know you what I'm going to do. At one I need point. gas and a sandwich, which I left sitting on the counter. Oh, geez. So I digging through my wallet. I got four dollars <laughs> and I've got uh, and I've got a discount tire rebate card buried in there. I'm like, okay. thank God it's a seventy dollar discount tire card. I use that to pay for my sandwich. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was and like it was a, a rebate card regular. from the tires yeah, I bought I gotcha. while I was in Utah with the oh, Mercedes. Funny. So that saved my life <laughs> and then of course like three hours later a bunch of clients paid up yeah that, that owed us money because we're always people always owe us money drives me crazy just pay up people you need to go break some legs yeah well you know people what i try to remind my wife she's a wedding photographer and those are the people that always owe us money is <laughs> uh people you know it's just a business to people you know they don't really see it as but when you're dealing with a sole proprietor people yeah. guys you got to pay them. Just pay on yeah. time. Pay them right away because they're really depending on it. You know, and that's that was me. I was I was well. I guess I'll just sit here till someone pays me money. <laughs> you know, it was it was I was. You should have gone back to Hooker and maybe uh, yeah, started a new vocation out. there. <laughs> so that was a low point of the trip. So anyway, after that, I drove the car to the body shop, dropped it off, drove the Mercedes home, and here we are today. Awesome. So, so what was your overall impression of the trip and the road trip and driving with me in the car and? And everything else. Um, we got along better than I expected. <laughs> really? Why do you say that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I was just like, my wife was joking with me too. She goes, either going to come back from this and quit the podcast or you guys are just going to be better friends. And I think we're better friends for it. I think so too. And that's what I told Alex when I took him to Car Week. Yeah. I said, either we're going to be really good friends after this or we're never going to talk to each other again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good way to get thrown into the fire of, of Yeah, you a, definitely, with person. nothing else to do and just sit there in a car for, I don't know how many hours we were. Yeah, you're kind of like, uh, you're kind of like a radio that I can't turn off. I am? Yeah. yeah How's that? You just talk a lot. Do I really? You, oh, yeah. I thought I was pretty quiet. <laughs> no, you. but it was good. I I, enjoy, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed your company and, um, and I really enjoyed showing you things that matter and are important to me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very cool. So, uh, and Luft was awesome. Yeah, that's it. So, I guess we're going to cap it off at that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you guys enjoyed uh, meeting us at Luft. Those guys that came out and yeah. we're moving the next time we record an episode, we are going to be in a new studio. Yes, we are. Which is great because the studio has a huge parking lot and we're going to be able to have some events. Yeah. Which is, I was looking forward to that, which is really cool. It's uh, we got a couple extra, uh, a couple hundred extra square feet. Yeah. And which is going to be awesome. So we're going to maybe build a little studio build out so we can. This is our fourth move in four. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. It sucks. Um, so I didn't really want to move, but we're moving. No. And it's it's cool. It's in an old brewery. The old well, Ham's Brewery. Well, it's the old Ham's Brewery. Yep. The, the land of sky blue waters. That's, is that Ham's? I think so. I think it is. I think yeah. you are right. I think that is Ham's, the land of sky blue waters. So, yep. yeah, that's, that's where It'll we'll be, be a cool next space. week. Anyway, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Yep. And of course, if you like this podcast, your friends will too. Share Please it with spread your the word. And uh, I guess that's it. That's all we got for you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care. Wait, Jake. What? What do we got going on next week? Do we know? No. No. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>